Hello, I'm Sandra Eileen and welcome to Healing Forward Support. My goal is to bring you content to validate your feelings and experiences, soothe your soul, and help you find peace and contentment as you navigate your healing and recovery journey. With that said, I am not a therapist or counselor or any kind of medical professional, and none of our content is intended to be medical or therapy advice, and no type of relationship is implied. Please consult with your doctor or therapist regarding anything you learned here that you may want to implement before you make any changes to prescriptions or treatment plans. Any opinions expressed by my guests are their own, and I am not always in agreement. Please let us know of any concerns or questions you have regarding our content by commenting below or emailing us at help at healingforwardsupport.com. Thank you for coming to share with us today, and I am proud to present to you the following content. So here we are. Um, this is our special Easter podcast, thought-provoking, I hope. I'm Sandra Eileen. I'm here with Monica Artrip. Monica Artrip is, is the, um, the technology brains behind Healing Forward Support, um, makes the beautiful sound that you hear and the lovely videos that you hear of our podcasts. And uh, we've known each other a long, long time. And um, Monica's heard me talk about this over the years. And um, it's taken me a while to fully articulate this concept of how did human Jesus know who he was? And it's over the last month or so, the, the idea has fully articulated for me. And I just couldn't make this be like a monologue podcast. I needed to have a conversation. So Monica's agreed to uh, participate in my conversation about um, um, how did human Jesus know who he was and, and what I've learned over the years. And so Monica, what is your answer to that question of how did human Jesus know who he was based on what you understand of the Jesus story? Um, I actually didn't know what I thought about this until you articulated it. Um, and I'm trying to remember word for word what you said, but I was like, that that is it. That is what people need to hear is that he didn't know who he was until he pieced it together through his own human experience. And then adding in the divinity, adding in the prophecy, adding in the experience of that's where it came from. We were talking about Judas 8 too, the, the, the saying Judas 8 too, and how adding all these other things in and Judas 8 too made Jesus very human rather than the idea of be like Jesus, well, how? So yes. I think I think the way you articulated that was absolutely beautiful. So I'm so excited to talk about this because, you know, we go through life and, you know, we have our own experiences and we hear the story of Jesus and it just doesn't feel possible or real or how do I even do that? Right. Right. And for most of us that are raised in any kind of a religious um, upbringing, um, we're taught from a very early age that um, Jesus was God in human form and Jesus just knew who he was. And, you know, by time he was 12 and his family was going to the Passover celebration, the festival 
uh, Passover festival and he was in the temple with the priests and, you know, people were told to believe that Jesus by then already knew he was God. And he already knew he was going to die for these people. And he, you know, that he was just walking the kind of just walking through it, knowing what the end was going to be. And he just kind of had to live it. And, you know, you know, hey, people, this is how you be people, you know, kind of thing. And there was no free will. And yeah. that's the thing that I struggled with it, since my teens, especially that there was no free will. Right. That he had no choice is how it's taught to us that, you know, it's, you know, there's, they made it much more complicated than it needed to be. Right. That the path was so carved out for him. Yes. Like, yes. Even and he was just handheld and, you know, guided through the experience and, and there was no belief requirement on his part. Right. right. And, um, and I struggled with that. I struggled with that for years and years. And as I went through my own, um, religious experience, um, especially in my late teens and early twenties, being absorbed into a cult, um, by people that I knew, um, and trusted that I don't think they realized even what they were involved in, but it was a very high control group. And, and even though they helped me see more of what Jesus's experience was on earth, they still hung on to the idea that he was God in the flesh. And he was experiencing this human experience kind of like from an outsider looking in, like embodied in a human body, but he wasn't really experiencing it. And, and I really mm -hmm. struggled for a long time with reconciling, how am I supposed to be like that when I don't have those tools? Right. And as I go through and went through my own journey of deconstructing and reconstructing my spiritual belief and reconciling how that all intertwines with, with how I live and how I was raised and how, how much damage I had to undo with um, what I was taught and how much of being told what to believe allowed other things to happen in my life that if um, critical thinking skills were taught, things may have turned out different. And the whole other complication of, you know, if things had turned out different, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. So it's just the whole, you know, um, coming to terms with who I am and how I got to be here and how does the Jesus story fit in? And, um, um, it's, it, it's, it's come articulated for me over, well, years and years. And I think probably about 10 years ago, I came to the, the realization that Jesus had to figure out who he was. And, you know, the Bible makes it clear in the prophecy itself in Isaiah that, um, there was nothing special about this person. Nobody was going to be all like, he's the Messiah, or, you know, that person's really special. There was nothing that made him stand out from the rest of his community. There's a scriptural indication a couple of times in um, Luke chapter two, where um, it says that, you know, Mary kept these things to herself, um, that Jesus didn't know 
at least he wasn't told by the people of his immediate family, his immediate community, who he was. Um, the whole, you know, Jesus, you know, knew who he was in the temple, you know, that he was in the house of his father. You know, it's, it's pretty clear that, you know, as a Jewish tradition, they refer to God as father. Don't read any more into that than that. Right. You know, I mean, what, what Jesus was demonstrating was typical teenage behavior that he expected his parents would be able to read his mind. You know, there was nothing like extraordinary about this little snippet of Jesus's childhood that is reported in the Bible. Um, I really do believe that Jesus, you know, as he was coming into his late twenties, you know, he was raised the way all the young men in his community were raised in, um, part of a people that were oppressed by their government, um, raised in the religion of his family, um, learned the trade of his family and came to a time where he had to figure out what he was going to do with his life. Like every other person, his age. Um, and as he continued to look at the scriptures and look at the prophecies that were available to him at the time, you know, people assume and believe that, you know, the Bible as we have it, it's also the Bible as they had it. Oh, they Mm -hmm. had the whole old Testament. They didn't have the old, whole entire old Testament. A lot of it was stories handed down. There were scrolls and there were a lot of stories handed down. And he looked at the history of his family and he started putting stuff together and he realized that this person in the prophecy, based on what I know, might be me. Mm-hmm. He had to come to that realization. And you know, I think like just just thinking, um, you had mentioned that when they went to the Passover festival, he was about 12 years old. I have a 12 year old. And I'm thinking to myself, if my 12 year old had to carry the weight of, I have to go through all this, there, there's, there's no way, right. there's no way. Right. And as far as, you know, him being raised like all the other uh, men in, in that time, I don't think it could have been any other way because if Mary had been, you know, here's my backstory. You're the son of God. You're the Messiah. You're all these things. How, how would that have been different? You know, any, any other movie when they're fed that much power from a very young age, it turns out pretty villainous. Yep. So I don't know that, you know, then the prophecy wouldn't have come true anyways. Right. So he, he had to piece all this together. There couldn't have been any other way. Right. Right. And, and that's, that's the super important part of it is that he had to piece it all together. He had to live that truly human experience and he had to decide if he believed it. Yeah. He had to decide if he believed it and he had to decide if he believed in it. Yeah. And even then he still had a choice not to follow through with it. Very true. So, you know, that's, that's something that's important for all of us. Um, one of the things that um, I kind of came to a conclusion of over the last year or so 
is as I was working through my own relationship with God, and there were, there were years where there was no activity on my end um, with any kind of relationship with God, that God still had a relationship with me. And in my time, I came to recognize my own relationship with God and that, you know, he never left. And um, I think that um, God would have been patient. You know, it would be ridiculous to think that there was only one human being on the planet at that time that thought that maybe their, um, their life matched the prophecy. Mm. Um, I don't think there was a whole lot of stoning of pregnant single women during that time frame because they were looking for that Messiah. Yeah, there were, there were, there were women, you know, that were right on the edge of marriage who were already pregnant. There was more than one person. Oh, for sure. That thought they could have been based on how they understood the prophecy and how they interpreted it for themselves. And um, so I think God would have been patient. And as long as it took, that's as long as God would have waited for the stuff to make sense to Jesus. Mm, So, um, So yeah, so he had to believe it. He had to believe in it. And he had to have enough faith to walk it. So there's, there's a indication in scripture where, you know, people interpret it as, you know, once Jesus was baptized and went through all the testing and, and, you know, in the wilderness with, you know, Satan testing him, you know, that God was, that there was some type of telepathic communication between Jesus and God. And then at that point, you know, you know, he was basically handheld through the rest of his journey. And I don't believe that's accurate. Um, Mm. I don't believe that's accurate. I do believe that the, um, the continuation of seeing prophecy be fulfilled in his life was what was the communication as he continued to live how he thought he should live based on the scriptures and how he understood those scriptures that he continued to live how he thought he was supposed to live and seeing prophecy be fulfilled was the communication from God that he was doing the right thing. I love that. And, um, and as we get, um, toward, um, the time of his death, you know, we, we see Jesus be homeless. We see Jesus rely on his community for support. We, um, we, we see the persecution. We see the, the invalidation. We see, um, you know, as he's getting closer to his death, you know, I mean, you know, praying while his disciples are sleeping, you know, the total isolation of where he was at and the challenge to his faith. Do I continue to move forward? Do I continue on this path? Because I really didn't think I was going to get killed. Mm -hmm. And here I am. Do I continue to follow through and the forgiveness for his disciples and his followers talking about Judas eight too, you know, that Jesus still loved Judas, still washed his feet, still shared a meal with him, still enveloped him in the group and kind of gave Judas information to make a different choice. 
So if Judas made a different choice, how would the prophecy have played out? So, right. so there, there, there was all of that, you yeah. know, and Jesus knew based on prophecy, based on how it was, how he interpreted how things were supposed to play out, that he loved the human knowing what was coming next. Yeah. The, and, the, the true definition of turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Not, not allowing more, it's just loving the human. Mm-hmm. Loving the human. And even, you know, with uh, uh, Peter denying him three times, you know, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter was like, no, no, I'll never deny you. And here are these human beings living through this crisis. Yes, absolutely. They taught us how humans are going to behave in a crisis and how to live through this crisis. How to love through the crisis. Yes, how to love through the crisis. And, you know, one of the things is that forgiveness is for the person doing the forgiving. Yes, absolutely. You know, so, so Jesus knew based on prophecy that this stuff was going to happen and he forgave them and loved them anyway. And yeah. for Peter, anyway, the, the life lesson afterwards, you know, the, the, um, really absorbing and understanding what undeserved kindness means Mm. and uh that was coming to that articulation that jesus had to figure out who he was and walk in faith and exercise his free will was what made the whole jesus story valid for me because without the free will the whole, to me, the whole Jesus story is invalid. It's, it's quite a story. I completely agree. I really do. I mean, think, think about the inner dialogue that had to happen. If there was no free will, there would be no, the, the testing of faith, like that you're presented with the heaviest thing in the world. Like we were talking about um, originally when we decided to do this, there was war going on. You have your friends surrounded with you and, you know, you, you have this weight of this in- incredible crisis. Like there, there was, you know, thing after thing happening for these people. So the, the inner dialogue, um, how you were talking about how, you know, he lived his life the way he thought it was the best way to live with the best he knew how and seeing these prophecies coming true he had to talk to himself the whole time so that in itself is you know the pure definition of the free will that we're given that I, I completely agree with you that you know the the story of Jesus and how he already knew who he was it just it can't be realistic right it cannot be and, and to be able to follow in his path as he preached over and over again, to follow in my path, this is how. We have to yeah. see Jesus as the human first. And then that makes it, oh, I, f- I feel like I could do that. Yes. And, and it's not that far out of reach. It's not outside of my capabilities. I do have those because he did. Right. Right. 
And, um, and so by itself, that's, that's a pretty um, interesting interpretation of um, how did Jesus know who he was? Well, he had to figure it out, but then it becomes like, so, right. because then when did he know who he was? probably when the prophecy was fulfilled you know oh here we are you know or and yeah so and that's that was the final answer to my question was when did he know who he was because of course he went through the death he went through the resurrection and then he was still here on earth and there had to be a a question of why am i still here what is going mm. on you know a shaking of his faith right you know um and acts it talks about how he was on the earth for 40 days and you know different theologians and people are like we're not sure if that was a literal 40 days or if it was a figurative stretch of time or you know but he was here long enough to to make to make a person question did i do the right thing sure what what am i missing and from my own personal experience, sometimes, you know, that there, there was an experience I had in my youth, my early teens, that for years and years, for 40 years, I didn't know what the purpose of that experience was. Mm -hmm. And that's a long time to not know if I was doing the right thing. Sure. You know, and I didn't realize until I was in the thick of another situation that that's why I went through that. And, um, and I kind of, you know, can understand how human Jesus was feeling during that time after the resurrection, before the ascension of, you know, wait, wait, this isn't going the way I thought it would. Right. And uh, so Jesus finally knew who he was at the ascension when he arrived in heaven that makes sense and saw his faith be fulfilled i love it i love and, it and I, I i love how you stated that as well it, it, not knowing that you're on the right path until it's self-validated through mm -hmm. another experience it's coming full circle mm -hmm. the, the coming full circles of oh that makes complete sense now is just it's like up leveling <laughs> yeah yeah, you know, and, and in the time, you know, historically, when Jesus was experiencing all of this, the, the, the people that were looking for the Messiah were also looking for immediate relief from their problem of being mm. under Roman rule. Um, so as Jesus was experiencing all this stuff, and there was no relief from Roman rule, that shook a lot of people's faith. Oh, sure. You know, and kind of have to wonder if it shook Jesus's faith as well. You know, how do I keep going? Because yeah. this isn't turning out the way maybe we thought it should, you know, and um, so yeah, so the reason why I feel like this is important is because over and over again, year after year after year, we talk about the death and the resurrection of Jesus, you know, and that, you know, praying Jesus into your heart and, you know, being a follower of Jesus. And if you do this, you'll get this reward. Um, that's, that's not the lesson, right? That's not the lesson. 
Jesus taught us how to live. Yeah. Jesus taught us how to live. He taught us all about relationships. He taught us all about forgiveness. And how love is the root of it all. Yes. That's, that's, that's what's been bugging me for a long time. And in my researching and reading and searching about this stuff, I don't see anybody articulating this. Right. So I felt like, especially in our time of, we have war going on in Europe. We have um, a very divided country here in the United States. We have no relief. after crisis. Yeah. yeah. And understanding and shifting our view of the importance of Jesus's life on earth and applying the lessons of his life versus trudging through and hoping for the reward of heaven or whatever reward you believe in. Um, you know, that it's, there's reward in doing what you know is right. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I, I, I really love that and, and having the reward and living the life of love and of, you know, all the teachings that Jesus gave us. And I, I kind of have my own opinions on the ascension. I wonder if it's almost, like I said, we, we have the up level when we have the full circle of understanding and then a re-understanding and a relearning. And just, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you think about the spiral of ascension, mm -hmm. you know, you're going up and leveling up. I think, you know, what if? what if what if that's the heaven is is coming to a place of love and peace no matter what no no matter the crisis no matter because your faith is so strong in your in in your capabilities in in your you know in the higher power in that everything's going to work out no matter what you're going through right maybe that's the ascension like a heaven heaven on earth type of deal so I, I've, I've, I'm trying not to bring other readings or other, other things that I've read into this, but it really is a beautiful thing to think about how Jesus was human first in, yes. in, in all of this. It's just, it's profound. Yes. Yes, I agree. And, and I also have had my own questions about the whole ascension process, but taking the Jesus story as it's told. Yes. And um, just kind of going on with that, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's, you know, all kinds of arguments I've heard over the years as I talk to people about this individually. Well, what about the miracles? And what about this? Well, the Bible indicates that miracles were a common thing. Right. You know, that, you know, didn't we do this and this and, you know, raise dead and expel demons and stuff in your name? And he'll say, get away from me, you workers of lawlessness or whatever, translation you read so yes so so the observation of things that appeared to be miracles was pretty common in that time right for whatever reason you know could it be that we didn't understand how things worked i mean you can buy a gadget that you put on your table that turns water into wine that's true <laughs> you know i mean is it just that we didn't understand science or we didn't you know who knows you know, but there was the appearance of miracles and they were pretty common. So, 
And that by itself lends to the idea that there was more than one person who thought they were the Messiah. So, you know, it's, it's the living, the lesson of living. Yes. That's the most important part. And exercising free will. You know, according to the story that most people share, this took about three or so years from baptism to death. You know, what if it took longer? Then it took longer. God would have waited. Right. You know, so yeah. So that's that's it in a nutshell. And um, the, the reframing of this for myself and being able to articulate it has changed my viewpoint about pretty much everything about how I live, that I, I have this mindset of, you know, my existence is a mission. I love that. And that wherever I go, whatever God needs to have done gets done, whether I'm aware of it or not. So there's been a few times where I've like received the feedback of, oh, that couldn't have happened without divine intervention. Right. You know, but most of the time I don't get feedback or I wouldn't recognize it, but I, I, I try to live my life in a way that I can be used in whatever way God needs for me to be used, regardless of what I think my purpose is. Right. So, and that's what I think Jesus did. My, uh, my husband's grandpa has a saying is that otter is that God. And, you know, just, just situations where you find yourself in that you're the perfect person to be there to help, Mm -hmm. to help, to facilitate, to have whatever kind of impact you're going to have. I can't tell you how many times I've heard it is that otter is that God. So I think that's just, that's beautiful. My existence Mm -hmm. as a mission. I love Mm -hmm. that. Alrighty. Well, we're in Easter season. Uh, we just had Palm Sunday last Sunday. This uh, coming Sunday is Easter. And this year, the, um, the calendar lines up with Passover. So Good mm-hmm. Friday and Passover are the same day, um, which doesn't happen very often. So um, I think you're right. Yep. Doesn't happen very often. Doesn't happen very often. So, um, so yeah. I believe it's a full moon as well, which also doesn't happen very often for all three of those. <laughs> no, no. Well, well, the, the Passover is in line with the Jewish calendar. So it's usually Easter that kind of floats around, around wherever it's going to land. Um, but yeah, for all of it to line up. So the Passover and the full moon should be pretty lined up all the time. So, um, but anyhow, that's what I got. And I appreciate you having this conversation with me because I just couldn't make it be the monologue that I was trying to make. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us today. I'm going to be honest. We want to keep our services and support to others free. And we need an income to be available to people when they need us. If you have found value in what has been shared today, please consider donating at www.healingforwardsupport.com donation or www.buymeacoffee.com healingforward. 
we have a You Are Not Alone support group every Wednesday at 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Please go to healingforwardsupport.com workshop to sign up to receive the private link for the support groups each week. We will be using Chartable.com to help us reach the full potential of our audience. Be looking for the link to opt out of being tracked in the show notes. And thank you for joining us today.